What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and this is the Live and Create Podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And on today's episode, we have Mark Gagne. He's a visual artist, a comedian, and he created My Melt Studio. He blends photography and illustration while exploring topics such as depression, isolation, and anxiety, as well as finding beauty in the unwanted and discarded. His work is fueled through his journey of battling the depths of depression. His hope is that people will find some comfort in examining the darkness and that his work will help people to speak openly and honestly about their own mental health. We talked today about his journey of becoming a full-time visual artist and selling to and developing a fan base all over the world. Mark also describes his battle and journey with depression and how he has leveraged it to create art to help others on their journey. And we also take a few detours that will either delight or offend you, but nonetheless, it's a great one. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. Sweet. Um, you know, looking through looking through your artwork, um, I one just blown away. I love the images of it and uh, the darkness of it really grabs me and I gravitate towards that. Um, the and I, you know, reading your story, depression, dealing with like the depths of depression uh, for my my own personal story is wrapped up in depression, OCD and anxiety. And so it, w- it was right. interesting to hear. I saw your artwork and then hearing your own story, like in your bio about it. I was like, oh man, I could, it's like, I could feel that connection. It's like, there's something dark about it. But then I love the levity where there was one where you had like these creatures outside of, outside in the cold and it's like, they're cold, bring them in or something. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Well, it's funny. I I initially posted that just with the creatures and then uh, one of my fans uh, grabbed the pick and then made it into that meme. (laughs) <laughs> and then it just kind of blew up. Like it's been shared like 200,000 times or something. Like I it's bet. pretty hilarious. So yeah. It's, it's, and that's, that's what I try to do. Like, a, like some of my images kind of really tackle head on uh, more emotional uh, mental health sort of uh, aspects. And then some of it, I just try to be kind of playful, but still creepy cute, you know, <laughs> creepy so cute. Yeah. Have your own yeah. genre right there. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of people that dabble in it, but uh, I mean, I guess that's sort of my branding is the the cute and creepy uh, artist. So, it, uh, and it seems to work. So that's awesome. Now, I know uh, I read you had studied at Cambridge, uh, but I'm curious, like, how uh, early Cam- did Cambridge? Kate, what is it? Cambridge. 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 I'm saying it wrong. Cam- Cam- sorry, no. Cam- Cambrian. Cambrian. C-A-M- Cambrian. There we go. Cambrian. Am I saying it Cambrian right now? College. There we go. Cambrian, Cambrian College. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. saying it all wrong. My bad, man. But I, That's so, all good. but I'm curious though, where did the passion for art start? Was it something where you found yourself like three or four years old already starting to, to get into the visual arts? Yeah. I've, I've always been uh, drawing and doodling and stuff uh, ever since I was a young kid. Um, you know, I would, I was kind of drawing like birds and nature stuff when I was younger and then, you know, got into to different stuff as I got older um, I was actually looking at a career and possibly doing, uh, being an architect, a draftsman. Okay. Um, and then kind of veered away from that because it was just a little too rigid and didn't let me be, uh, you know, as uh, exploratory in my ideas as I wanted. Um, and then I went to fine arts in college and just kind of went from there. That where where did like the the creepy aspect come in for you? Was that something you discovered early on? Because you said you know you're drawing kind of nature and birds and those kind of things. Where did it shift where you you saw this 
this darker piece coming out that you connected with? Um, the darker thing kind of came about, I guess, more recently, like within the last, you know, six, seven, eight years kind of thing. Um, like even when I maybe a little bit of touched on it in, in college, um, like college, we had to adhere to like the curriculum and what the, the, uh, the instructors wanted, like landscapes and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and I always kind of veered a little more into the, the cynical and, and, and darker stuff at times. And then I really embraced it in the last, uh, you know, six or seven years, like I said, and I think part of it is just sort of tapping into my emotional state when I'm creating. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, all the themes of mental health and trauma and all that kind of stuff that has started to bleed into my work. And then I've just really leaned into it the last couple of years. Well, and I, so the theme of mental health and depression, like that's something you've talked about in your bio um, and how you infuse it into your work. Um, I'm curious for you, was it something like for, so for example, uh, for me, I, I can look back as far as when I was like five or six now and, and see where those things, especially OCD was affecting me that I didn't notice until I was like 18, 19 in college and the floor fell out from under me. <laughs> and I was... Right. For you in your story, uh, where did you start seeing like, oh, things are very dark and this is different than maybe how other people are? Uh, pretty young. Um, I, I remember being uh, very depressed and uh, <clears throat> sort of self-isolating when I was young. Um, and, I, and I remember in particular, you know, not to get too dark or whatever, but I remember uh, being like in grade four, which is, you know, how old, eight, nine years old. Right. And, and, and kind of not wanting to be alive anymore, not really getting the concept of committing suicide or anything, mm-hmm. uh, but just not wanting to be around anymore. Um, I was, I was obese as a child um, and had a lot of uh, intense bullying and stuff and, and dealt with a lot of ridicule. Um, and so I was having a really hard time in like, you know, grade, grade four, three and four, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I just, I remember just having very dark thoughts and being isolated and everything. And it just kind of continued throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, very early on. So in a way, it sounds like some of it was the external forces compounding on top of maybe emotional breaks that were always already in you. Is that a yeah, and, I, and it, the, the mental health thing kind of runs in my family as well. It's definitely a, a genetic thing because mm. uh, there's other people in my family that struggle uh, a lot with uh, mental health issues. So I think it was just a predisposition that was there. Um, and then definitely, you know, outside external forces added to it. Um, and I've definitely made a lot of discoveries over the years about, you know, what has been a catalyst to my mental health and how I react to certain situations and stuff. Like it's definitely something you learn as you go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a crazy journey where even, uh, like I said, it was like 18, 19, where I started, I had to accept that I was dealing with these things. Uh, even though I can look back now and see, I was dealing with them for so long you know, just masking it one way or the other. Um, and even yeah. now, now I'm 40, and even in new ways, I'm having to still find new tools to deal with it <laughs> as I approach uh, different things in life that maybe I've never you know, seen at this point. Um, 
I, if you don't mind sharing, if, if you don't want to, I, it's totally fine, but I'm, I'm curious, what were some of the things or tools, uh, or, or kind of revelations that helped you in stepping out of that darkness or are you are learning to use that darkness as well to help others and, and bring, bring you out of it? I, I, I don't mind talking about, it. I'm very open about it. Um, I, I talk about it a lot in social media and I, I even talk about it on my, on my art pages and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, about my mental health struggles and it, it's actually opened up quite a, an amazing dialogue with my fans because hmm. a lot of people can find a connection, uh, you know, that they're not alone in, in this sort of struggle. Um, but anyways, uh, for, as for coping, like I kind of have this sort of saying that, you know, it, it, it's my mental health is like a piece of artwork. That's always in a work in progress. It's never going to be finished. It's always <laughs> something I'm working on. I love that. Um, and you know, I go day to day, um, coping, like, I, you know, I've had a lot of therapy and counseling over the years. I definitely recommend that anybody that's struggling, go to seek counseling, seek mm -hmm. uh, some sort of therapy, find someone to talk to. It absolutely helps, especially when you write, find the right person mm. uh, to so talk true. to. Um, and there's nothing wrong with medication, you know, uh, just like anything else, if you break your leg and you, you know, you need pain meds, uh, you know, your, your mind can be broken as well. And it's, it's okay to, to seek out uh, professional help for it. Um, but, but other than that, you know, um, there's the usual things like exercise and go, going outside, getting in touch with nature, uh, finding a creative outlet. Um, I, I did stand up comedy for a, a few years, That's uh, awesome. years back. <laughs> um, so I, I, I also had that sort of creative, uh, outlet to sort of, it was like therapy on stage, uh, That's awesome, finding man. humor in, in sort of situations. Do you plan um, on going so, back to I, that at any point or, uh, I was actually get, about to go back to it when everything kind of got locked down. Ah, uh, COVID year. slowed you down. <laughs> yeah, and I was because I was because uh, uh, I have friends that run like open mic rooms and stuff where I live, and uh, they were really trying to talk me into getting back into it. Right, and uh, I finally was like, "Yeah, I think I will." And then of, of course, everything popped off with COVID, and I was like, oh, "Well, okay, <laughs> you know." I guess I'll lean back into my artwork again. So right. yeah, I mean, it's something that I, I've always been a, a, a humorous person and love comedy. So, you know, and that's also something that's definitely helped me cope is, is having a sort of a, a funny outlook on, on things. Mm -hmm. So, well, and it's interesting because when you, when I think of comedy, some of the comedy I'm drawn to is like the darkest comedy and there's something yeah. almost healing about hearing someone else talk about some dark shit and then finding the the humor and light in it. Like Anthony Jeselnik is a, is probably one of my favorite comedians. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with him, but yeah. uh, it's just that, that darker, edgier kind of piece where it's, it's cathartic in, <laughs> in a sense. So, yeah. Well, even like growing up, like my dad was always into stand-up comedy. So I, I would watch, you know, uh, stand-up comedy with him growing up. And I mean, one of my childhood heroes was Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, like Robin Williams and even like Jim Carrey and all these other stand-up comics that there's a darkness behind all of them. There's, mm -hmm. there's trauma, you know, um, a, a lot of them have really, really dark sort of uh, lives and, and it comes out in the humor, you know, and it's very yeah. real and, and, and relatable. Um, you know, like my favorite comic, like Pat Oswalt, you know, was very sort of dark 
uh, material and stuff, and especially his last special where he, you know, a lot of his materials about his, uh, his uh, wife that passed away, hmm. you know, it, it's very real stuff, but uh, you should, it, it's, it's something you have to prepare for because it can be an <laughs> emotional set. Cause of course yeah. uh, he's talking about his wife that, that uh, just suddenly passed away and, and, and sort of dealing with that with his daughter and everything. Um, but yeah, I think behind all great comedy, there's tragedy. Right. Well, there's a, is it Hannah Gatsby or Gatsby? Am I getting that name yes. right? Are you familiar with that name? I, I don't know if yeah. you've seen her last special, uh, but it was. It was this I, haven't, I haven't seen it. I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about it, but I have not seen it. And it's definitely on the edge. She almost merged it where I don't even know if you could call it stand-up comedy. It, it felt almost like a very humorous TED Talk in a way. <laughs> but yeah. but it was she... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> She unpacked the the things that she'd been through and the trauma that she'd been through, but in this way that that I think we're able to disarm a lot of people, maybe even people that I, I would hope people that would disagree with even her own lifestyle, where it disarmed them maybe to even hear what her real experiences were. And but yeah, it was such a thing where you find yourself like cracking up and then you find yourself crying like because you are yeah. you are connected in, in the sadness that she was going through. And I thought it was such a, a beautiful piece of art. Uh, but yeah, if you ever get the chance, uh, definitely. Yeah, I'll have to out. check it out. I've heard, I've heard great things. Like you said, it, it's 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 not really so much a com uh, a stand up comedy where it's like a dialogue, you know. And I, and I think of uh, like one of my all time favorites is uh, Mike Birbiglia. Yeah, he's great. Uh, and, and like he's just a storyteller. Yeah, and he's dealt with some dark stuff, like you know, with his uh, sleep, uh, you know, sleep medical issues and stuff. Like he threw himself out of a, a hotel window. Oh shit! You know, I, I missed that one. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's. Uh, <laughs> I used to have night and, terrors, so that that like yeah. freak, it would freak me out to know like yeah, when I toured with my band, they we had to share you know beds in the hotel room, and everyone would fight yeah. of who didn't want to share the bed with me because like I put my fist right. through a window, those kind of things. But he yeah. literally threw himself out a window. Yeah, he he had a, a, I forget the name. It's like sleepwalk with me or something like that. Oh, uh, I've checked that out. Where he, yeah, where he talks about how he had this horrible like sleepwalking thing, and he literally threw himself through a like a glass door window or whatever of a hotel, and he like suddenly woke up and he's you know covered in glass and blood, and Jesus. he walks walks <laughs> yeah he walks around to 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 the uh, the front desk and says I just threw myself through your window kind of thing, and <laughs> yeah like it, really dark stuff you know like yeah <laughs> like, able to find the humor in it you know and. It, it's definitely a coping mechanism. It's definitely been my coping mechanism. Like I've always been considered the funny, especially when I was younger, the funny fat guy. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's definitely something that's helped cope with things. Well, and I know, uh, in it's Quebec, right? Where you're at, um, uh, Ontario, Ontario. Damn it. I keep mixing it up. Like, I know like, you know, two, okay. I know like two places in Canada. And so I just start throwing things out, <laughs> but, uh, I know you guys just went into lockdown again, but hopefully, uh, sooner than later, you'll get that chance uh, to be on that stage again. Uh, we're we're yeah, slowly. I'm in the. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's definitely something I I I think I'll I'll tap into because my mental health is definitely in a much different place uh, than it was back when I was doing uh, uh, stand up. So it'd be interesting to see what I what I talk about. Especially, uh, I've, I've lost a considerable amount of weight uh, too since I was doing stand up uh, before. So I don't know. Maybe I'll touch on that. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. Like for us, we're, it, everything's kind of slowly coming out. I live in the Midwest here, uh, Missouri, Kansas city. And, uh, it's, 
and, and we have our whole things. I don't know how much of a battle you had between people who thought COVID wasn't real and people who did. Uh, we had those big battles, uh, but nonetheless, we're here in the Midwest and uh, and primarily in the city, people took it very seriously. And it, it's slowly starting to open back up. Shows are starting to slowly happen and it's exciting. So I, I can't wait till hopefully yeah. by the end of this year, everybody's to be back and firing and rolling again in a as safe way. I, yeah, we we still have some pushback here. Like we still have the you know the anti-maskers and yep. you know uh, my, my, my freedom and all this kind freedom. of stuff. And so it, you guys have yeah. freedom people too. Yeah, yeah, the freedom people. Yeah, and it, it's 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 really aggravating, you know. And it's just you know these people that don't even have a high school education are trying to school us on on science and, right. and medicine because like, that one YouTube you know, video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and there's there's people like uh, you know having uh, you know protest rallies about uh, the lockdown and stuff, and it's just like I don't know, like you don't know what oppression really is. You yes, know? like agreed. Th- don't talk to me about oppression. You know, why don't you go talk to somebody who's actually been oppre- oppressed and marginalized and, and get some fresh perspective? You know, absolutely. It, it's just it's so infuriating to me, but. Well, and it's, I, there was a guy at my gym that was talking about how he hated the mask. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, the fact that we're wearing masks is the reason we could even be here. So maybe you should shut up, you know, and like just going well, on where he's like, the science doesn't show this. And I, I'm just like, uh-huh, trying to work out. And it just, it's nuts. I want to take a spray bottle and spray it on a window and then spray it through the mask. And like, you know, it's not 100% effective, but it does keep shit from flying into other people's faces. Well, and and it's funny, like I was talking to my fiance uh, not, not too long ago about how like we haven't had a cold or a flu uh-huh. in I don't know how long. For sure, it, probably a year and a half right. since we've had a cold or flu. And usually like we've been sick a few times. We've had a cold like, two or three times over the winter here, like, you know, and it, nothing. So don't tell me that masks don't work. <laughs> it's helped and, and like the whole, like, I can't breathe thing. I mean, there's surgeons that wear them for 12 hours at a time. Right. There's medical professionals that wear them every day for 12 hours. So, yeah. and, and none of them are dropping dead or, you know, getting poisoned by CO2 or whatever you want to say it was. It's, it's, yeah, just, I, it's madness. That's nuts. Like I remember uh, one of the tours we did, we were at a military installation and they did, they put me in the bomb suit, like the full, you know, hurt locker kind of bomb suit and yeah. put the big thing over my head and then had me do push-ups. I did five push-ups. It's like in this thing and we're in the desert, super hot. And I freaked the fuck out. I was just like, when I mean, those guys work in that, like you said, 12 hours a day, yeah. guys and girls, they were, and it's like, and you can't put a piece of cloth over your mouth. Like, come on, man. Like, let's just do this. Like, Although, actually, I did freak I'm out. But... On, yeah. Like I'm planning on actually wearing a mask probably after this. Right. Well, you know, and I kind of like the, like, I kind of like the anonymity and I, and I like protecting <laughs> myself from all the, the gross people out there. Like, you know, I mean, the, you you look in China, and I mean, yes, it's because of their pollution and stuff, but they've been wearing masks for years. Yes. You know? So I don't know. I, well, I'm I, fine with it. And what I understand of their society, they almost see it as a way to show care for the other person. Uh, it could be wrong. Absolutely. But it sounds like that's that's a case where it's like, hey, I feel sick. So as I'm going out, I'm going to put this thing on. And uh, it's yeah. not a bad idea for us to adopt. I, Absolutely I, not. I look forward to shows without masks and everyone's vaccinated. I do. That'll be a blast. But like the concept of like, I kind of have a cold, but I need to go to Target. Why not throw a mask on? Keep everybody else safe. Or even the people <laughs> that, you know, especially in our capitalist society, I mean, a lot of us have to go to work sick. 
right. you know, well, at least, at least if you're wearing a mask, maybe it'll mitigate some of the, the spread of your germs, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. it, it the whole concept of us losing our freedoms is kind of crazy to me. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially when it's a, a temporary thing and we're all getting through it. Um, yeah. Jumping back though, into the art, uh, of yep. what you're doing, you're doing yeah, the comedy. The tangent there. No, you're fine. I, I got on the tangent too. Cause I'm, I'm yeah, on yeah. a bunch of tangents as I shared before we started the podcast. I, yeah, I yeah. could go off you on a bunch of tangents right now. Here and just went nuts. <laughs> but, but yeah, that is such a painful truth of, of the world we live in. Um, maybe, maybe I have some anti-masker fan listening. He's so angry right now. And I just want to oh, say, yeah, yeah. put well, on a goddamn gonna mask. Get hate mail. <laughs> I'm going to start getting hate mail on my you know social media. <laughs> I refuse to buy your art anymore. Right. That's uh, Jason Isbell. Are you familiar with him? Uh, songwriter. Uh, is that uh, is that the one that got in hot water about uh, he said the N word? and? Well, so it's not him. So it's that's Morgan okay. something. Morgan, I don't even know. So he, that yeah. guy, Morgan, covered a Jason Isbell song. Uh, it's called Cover Me okay. Up. It's It's a beautiful song. And when J- when Jason Isbell, he got a bunch of shit because he's kind of this Americana, country-esque kind of artist. Well, when he found out yeah. all that stuff happened with Morgan, he announced that all the money he gets from that album, just because of the way the contracts work, he's just going to uh, donate it, I think, to the NAACP, and NAACP or something, because he's like, I don't want any of that money That's from awesome. him, period. And and so he's been very vocal, and, and he's like you know what? I don't give a fuck. I don't care. And I, I yeah. loved his music and now I love it even more because he's willing to take a stand awesome. for things and do it. So, and it's good. It's good to see these people that have a platform and some clout using it for good. Mm-hmm. You know, like you are, you are seeing that in the world, but I mean, unfortunately there's a lot of horrible people in the world too. And it's a shame <laughs> that we don't focus more on the people that are doing good. Like we always focus on the loudest, most obnoxious people in the room. Right. You need to focus on the people that are doing good things. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh there's a band, uh, had their lead singer on the podcast probably about, I would say four or five weeks ago. His name's Enrique. They're, a, they're a band called making movies. They tour all over the world, been on Latin Grammys. Like they've just accomplished so much. I'm, it's so impressive. But what's more impressive to me than even that is when they come back home to Kansas city, they actually have, they started their own art as mentorship school where they're investing in the communities that they grew up in and that they live in and teaching kids how to write songs and like bringing in all these famous people they meet on the road. They get them to come to Kansas city and sit down with these kids and teach them about songwriting, about the music industry. And it's like, that's that's some stuff to herald because there's so, I think there is a lot of people doing cool shit like that, that, that does need to be put out. And especially, uh, you know, uh, mentoring and fostering the arts is such a great thing too because there's i don't know there's such a blowback towards uh the arts community uh it seems all the time you know it's it's not like oh it's not a necessity and blah 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 right. even though the artists are responsible for uh, the packaging of all the stuff you use and the movies <laughs> and the music and everything you know and the artwork on your walls even the crap you buy from walmart uh, you know like it's someone all made created that by someone an created yeah exactly so you know better Check yourself, you know? <laughs> well, it was a, a great eye-opener. Some I wish I could remember the original person who posted it, but it said something like, everyone has, has pushed the arts aside, and now during a pandemic, it's where everyone is gravitating to. It's like all the shows, all the movies, all the music, all the artwork. Like yeah. it's, it's where people are drawn to when they need peace, they need understanding, they need healing. Um, yeah, yeah, surround it's... yourself with things that comfort you and make you happy, mm-hmm. you know? So good art and a brownie and a glass of whiskey and I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> now, um, so you did the the comedy piece. Now, when when we look at your visual art, which is kind of the the main focus for you, uh, how do you see? I'm, I don't even know if I'm crafting this this question correctly. So if I ask it and you want to take it a different direction, go for it. But like, how do you see your your battle with depression and your battle in this darkness uh, influencing the the visual art that you create? Uh, well, I think uh, especially with uh, the more recent series that I've done, the the inked photography, uh, where I take my photographs and add these dark sort of inky creatures. Um, like there's a couple of facets to it. Like uh, part of it is tapping into my depression and anxiety. And, and another part of it is um, my anxiety and sadness about how we've treated the planet, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and the, how we've destroyed the environment and global warming and all that kind of stuff, you know, and all, all that kind of just feeds into the, the each other. Um, and like I said before, a lot of people have found some connection with that, especially right now with all these lockdowns and quarantine and the chaos in the world and politics and all that stuff. You know, it, it, I guess it's a comfort. It's a comfort for me. It's therapeutic for me to create it, uh, to get my feelings sort of out on paper, even if it's like in squiggly ink monsters and it, it's therapeutic <laughs> for people to see it, you know? Right. So it, yeah, I, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, and and kind of what I hear is like your process almost, and correct me if I'm wrong, sounds like your process is part of the therapy and then the fact that you get to give it to other people in, in a sense is almost therapy. Is that, Yeah. did yeah, I exactly. boil that down? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely therapeutic. It's it, like even when I look at the, the work that I did, like, uh, you know, five or six years ago, like I was doing a lot of fan art and stuff, which, you know, is great. It was great for honing my skills, but uh, ultimately I wasn't getting myself out on paper by drawing Superman, you know? Right. So I, I had to sort of explore darker stuff that, you know, was sort of bubbling in my brain and, and, and getting it out there. And it, it, it was a little tough going at first, actually, like exploring my own creations and my own characters, because it's not recognizable to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but I think now people are, are on my wavelength and they're, they're seeing meaning behind the images, you know, so it, it, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a pretty cool thing. Now, when you say it was tough, was it from the perspective of tough for you to divulge that part of you or tough just to get people to understand that part at first? Probably both. Okay. Probably both. Um, Cause you're, you're kind of laying yourself bare. Like, I mean, even sort of coming to terms with the fact that, uh, that I have, uh, you know, at times severe depression and I've had, you know, anxiety and, and realizing how I create, you know, like I find with depression, I kind of shut down and sort of curl in, like into a, a little ball, uh, you know, figuratively, <clears throat> Whereas anxiety, I kind of get like kind of manic and I'm like just hyper creative. Um, and so putting yourself out there with, with uh, your artwork, you know, tapping into your feelings and, and, and your mental health uh, sort of state of mind when you're creative, it, it leaves you raw. Like you have an open wound that people are kind of looking at and, and maybe poking at and whatever. Um, but also the aspect of, of people sort of recognizing it and finding some connection to it. Like at first, some of the dark imagery might be off-putting. Like I'll, as 
as much as people love my work, you know, for the most part, I do get the uh, the odd person saying, well, that's really dark, man. And oh, that's really creepy. I don't like that. And whatever, which is fine. You know, like, you know, like thanks, thanks for, man. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I do get the odd disparaging remark about it, you know, like, it, it, and that's fine. Like, but it's not for everybody. Right. Um, you know, and so like in terms of like even art sales and stuff, we're, we're quite low for a while because people were quite on my wavelength. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the art world has changed too, though, over the last few years. In where, what way do you feel like it's changed? Well, I, I think like uh, there's like genres like uh, lowbrow art and outsider art um, that I think are really have really come to the forefront more in the last few years. And I don't know if that's just a reflection of the times that we're in and the chaos again with politics and you know world events and all that stuff. Um, I think people are being a lot more open about their mental health struggles mm-hmm. and uh, are being a lot more raw with people about how they're feeling, which is a great thing. I think, you know, I think if we're all more honest about how we're feeling, you know, it, it could lead to good things and to maybe some good change. Absolutely. And powerful art. I, I feel like sometimes, especially even the music world, I'm, I'm a big fan of well-produced music and well-produced even art. But there's this this piece that the rawness sometimes is what people long for. Like Jason Isbell, I, I mentioned, like it's actually well-produced music, but damn, there's just a rawness to the lyrics he chooses. There's a rawness to his voice. And and it's like in the artwork, like even if it, you could tell it's like it's well done, what you do is well done. But then there is this like this rawness and angst that just grabs, at least grabs me. And it sounds like grabbing a lot of other people uh, that yeah. in a way, I feel like our, our world's become maybe overproduce so people are reacting against that like i just want something fucking real you know yeah yeah you know it's yeah i think there's kind of a pushback i think to to a lot of the things that we sort of accepted for so long like you know capitalism and all that you know kind of Mm -hmm. stuff um and i think people are just uh sort of getting back to grassroots and getting back to what's important and I, i you know if anything good comes out of this pandemic, maybe it's people, you know, having the chance to be reflective on things and to take stock in what really matters, you know, and, and realize that sometimes you really do have to put yourself first and take care of yourself mm-hmm. before you can take care of others and so on, you know? Well, and even it's interesting to hear your story as, as you're sharing it here, it, your journey of wrestling with your own depression and finding your own wellness, your own mental health is now overflowing through your art and through your comedy uh, to bring yeah. joy and, and and maybe that same maybe help other people on that same journey. I think that's that's pretty cool. And but that key point, that key part is you had to go through it for yourself at first. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm still going through it. Like uh, you know, I'm just kind of getting out of a, a funk right now where I wasn't really creating too much the last couple of weeks. Um you know, and was just kind of focusing on myself and, you know, spending time with my fiance, just playing some PS4 and whatever, you right. know, just kind of chilling, <laughs> you know, just kind of forgetting about stuff for a little bit. And, and, and I was open about that, uh, like on my Facebook art page, like, uh, I have a very open dialogue with, uh, with my fans, you know, just saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time right now. I'm not really creating too much, you know, how are you guys doing? Here's some pictures of my cats, you know, kind of <laughs> thing. <great. clears throat> and, you know, and just and having this open dialogue has been really the 
the most rewarding thing for me. Like it, I, I've I've gotten choked up at times having uh, conversations with people, like uh, you know, over Messenger or whatever, about how the work is connected with them in different ways. And it's it's always interesting to me to see the different things that people take from pieces. You know, like there's always something a little bit different, like whether it's like family trauma or or child abuse or whatever. You know, there's always something very powerful behind it. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it's been very rewarding. Well, and that's a beautiful thing about art where, you know, like songs I'll write about, you know, one thing, someone reaches out and shares it, a whole other like perspective of it. I didn't even see. And it's like, man, that's, it's amazing that you can put that out there and then 10. Yeah. I get that all the time. Like somebody, things. yeah. Like somebody will make a comment about my work and they'll say, well, you, you know, I see this and it's just like, wow, I never thought of it that way, but I could totally see that. And it's really changed my my perspective on my own work, you know, right. which is really incredible, you know, because it's coming from a place in your mind that you think you, you get it, you know, and then somebody says, well, I, I see this and that, and it's like, that's really, really intriguing, you know, and it, and it, uh, it just makes the whole thing really, really interesting. It, yeah, absolutely. Now it sounds like the, the fans you're very connected to the fans of your art, um, and I know you were sharing how you were able to get to build this to where the art is your main source of income. How, how long did that journey take for you? And were there any big critical steps to help you get there that you took? Uh, it, it, it was definitely a long haul. Like, I, I mean, I, I took fine arts in college for three years at the beginning of uh, the 2000s. Um, and then after that, I was mostly doing like photography and stuff, um, working odd jobs, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I got into, into illustrating, uh, basically it was my fiance that kind of, uh, pushed me into getting back into illustrating like, I don't know, seven or eight years ago and, um, just doing fan art and stuff like that. Just, you know, nothing really great or meaningful. Um, and it, it really took a while to to really find my voice with my work, mm -hmm. find my style and everything. Um, you know, I had some personal setbacks. I had some really harsh critiques uh, on my work uh, in the early going that kind of crushed me. Um, yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> that can, yeah, that, it, that can it, be it, heavy. <laughs> some, sometimes it's hard to take uh, criticism. Um, I came out on the other side, like I. My, my fiance says, you know, like it was a really dark time for you uh, when you were criticized uh, that way. Um, and sometimes it's hard to see it when you're in it, you know, mm -hmm. how, how dark it was. Right. Uh, but I came out on the other side of that, I think, with uh, a different perspective on how to go about my work. And I think it definitely improved at that point. And, and even looking at my work like three years ago compared to what I'm doing now, there's been a lot of growth, but it's a very gradual thing. Like, you know, a lot of, I, I see a lot of artists out there that are, you know, especially just starting out and they're kind of asking like, how do I find my own, my own style? How do you find a style? And, and it, it's something that just kind of comes organically, you know, like you can't, you can't just sort of choose it. It just sort of happens, at least in my experience. And then um, you start, was it for you, what was the confirmation that you, you were finding your own style? What did that confirmation look like for you? 
basically it was people just commenting saying like oh that you know i i know your work from a mile away kind of thing or like the, or they see the picture before they see the person posting it on social media and they're like that's a mark gagne piece nice and and, and that was <laughs> happening even even when i was doing fan art like even the, when i was doing fan art i still had my sort of style injected into it um so yeah, when people were you know kind of taking notice and leaving those remarks that you know like you definitely have a style, it 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 it's validating you know because at least you're not just Absolutely. being cookie cutter even if you're just doing fan art you know you're you're putting your a little a little piece of yourself into it. What would you say to a younger artist? Uh, what what would be another piece of advice you would give them if they're listening right now? Um. It's going to be discouraging at times. Absolutely. Um, it still can be discouraging at times. Um, but keep plugging away, keep hustling, uh, keep drawing, keep creating. Um, you know, I, I see this meme going around once in a while that, you know, as much as you beat up on yourself, you're inspiring somebody out there, even if you don't know it, you know, so, you know, even if you're only getting like two likes on a piece, those are people, two people that took the time out of their day to like that, you know, so try try not to get bogged down in the minutiae of everything and just keep creating that's huge that's uh there's a guy i reference way too much on this podcast but gary v do you listen to him at all gary vaynerchuk like business he's like a business no, guy but uh, he speaks a lot to artists as well just because it's artistry is an entrepreneurial endeavor and uh that's that was his big thing that he would push just saying like stop posting to get the likes stop watching what the likes look like and just post yeah. what you want to be known for and keep putting those things out there and, and, and hey like i i still have a hard time you know pulling away from like obsessing over the likes absolutely know? yeah it's, no it's, it's not such an a easy social thing media driven society now where <clears throat> you know you want to see all the heart reacts and stuff to everything and the shares and whatever um and i mean if you put the time in and and, and you know you keep cranking away at it it'll come you know that sort of thing will come in time, you know, it's just uh, honing your craft and, and finding your artistic voice. And as your voice gets out there, people will notice it. That's cool, man. And I'm, I'm curious about your process of creation. Uh, do you, is it regimented? Uh, do you write in, or not write, sorry, uh, do you uh, create in seasons? Like, what does your process look like currently? Uh, it's not very, uh, uh, rigid or regimented. Uh, I would say like, I know there's some artists that kind of like to put in like a nine to five, mm -hmm. uh, with me. Um, yeah, I just kind of go like in bursts, you know, like I'll, I'll be like, I'll be creating almost nonstop for like a few weeks or a month or whatever. And then it'll slow down again. It, it, it's, it's an ebb and flow kind of thing. Um, a lot of it is just, you know, an idea will just hit me and I have to, you know, put it on paper. Um, and sometimes I just feel like drawing and I don't really have an idea. And as I'm drawing the, the an idea will form, you know, and so it, it's, I hate to say that it's not regimented at all, but it, it just, it isn't, it just kind of <laughs> happens, you know? Well, it, it is what it is in that, that respect. And I think the artists, uh, it seems like a lot of artists as I get feedback, listen to this, uh, of just different mediums and the, the idea of, a process, I think, is one thing that almost all of us are thinking about. Like, am I doing it the right way? And figuring it out uh, where I typically am more regimented, but actually the last several people I've talked to, they have more of a, 
of an approach, probably more like you. I like how you said it, it comes in bursts, <laughs> um, where yeah, yeah. It, ma- it makes me wonder if I should experiment with, with different things. And, and so, yeah, it's helpful to hear that. It's like, it can look so many different ways. And, and uh, one part of it, it maybe it's is hard. Oh, go ahead. Well, it, it, at least with me, and I mean, I'm sure this is a very common thing. It's the whole imposter syndrome too, where you feel like you're not, you're not doing your process right. Right. You know, you're not, exactly. being, you're not, <laughs> yeah. Like you're, uh, oh, you're not, you're not arting right. You know? <laughs> Whereas there's no real right way to do it. You know, like I, people keep, keep <clears throat> excuse me, keep, uh, keep asking me if I'm going to do like process videos and I've kind of been putting that off because I'm afraid of showing people how I work because I see process videos of other artists. It's like, I don't work like that. <laughs> you know and then like i don't use a, a brush pen like that or whatever you know like i i find i'm overly critical of how i i do my process and it's just right. like everybody has their way of doing it you know and and no matter what your process is it all that matters is the end result you know and, and are you happy with the end result and, and that's what matters that's cool that's awesome man well jumping into the last two questions uh live and create podcasts uh what does it mean to live a great life and create great things i'm curious for you right now uh in your life how you would describe or define living a great life for you uh living a great life uh for me is being able to be creative Uh, creative is just part of who i am i've been like that all my life um, so being able to do that for a living now is pretty amazing. Um, it's been an incredible year for me, actually. Um, I mean, strangely, you know, the world is burning right now. Um, but creatively and, and career wise, I'm having the, the best year, year and a half of my life. Um, and that's just, you know, f- really finding my voice and my niche with my artwork and getting validation from people you know who are really connecting with it and having this sort of little community around my artwork has been really really rewarding um and also being able to support myself Uh, you know unfortunately this is a a money-based world um so i have to pay my rent you know i have to pay for my car um, and now that I'm able to do that with my artwork is just incredible. It's, it's kind it's of a huge. dream come true. It's what I, yeah, it's what I, I always wanted to be able to do. And now I'm kind of able to do it, which is amazing. And I'm kind of just riding this wave. So it's, it's been great. That's awesome, man. And it definitely Thanks. ties in then to your definition. The next question, how would you define creating great things right now in your life? Uh, for me, uh, you know, therapy through my art has been uh, great um and creating all these connections with people like around the world like i've had people message me from all over the world australia england you know and and the same with my sales are all over the world so it's kind of having this this uh global connection with people through this dark art you know this art that is taps into mental health it's it's a universal thing it doesn't matter if you're in new zealand or spain you know there's people that are struggling and that are seeking comfort with others and it's all come about through my creation which is pretty pretty awesome 
That is awesome, man. Well, let everyone know how they can check out your creations uh, throughout your links. And I'll obviously I'll add that in all the text and everything. But yeah, let them know how they can find you. Uh, well, you can uh, find me on Facebook uh, under uh, Mind Melt Studio. Uh, all my artwork is uh, uh, posted on my Facebook page and I interact with people as much as, as possible. Um, I'm also on Instagram uh, at mindmelt underscore studio. And uh, you can also find all my artwork uh, for sale on my website, uh, www.mindmeltstudio.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for making the time today. And uh, yeah, it, it was a great conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.